stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insight and understanding from the Word of God. Here's Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. If you have a prayer need, please call us. We're waiting for the phone to ring so we can take your call and put our faith together with you. We really mean that. Or you can send us an email. And as soon as it shows up in our inbox, we're going to begin to put our faith together with you for whatever it is that you're facing in your life. You know, Denise and I believe in prayer. And when we say we're going to pray with you, we really mean that because there are moments when we need prayer. And when we call people and say, please pray with us, we're believing they're going to really pray with us. And likewise, if you need somebody to pray with you, I guarantee you we will really join you in prayer. Please let us know how to pray for you. And remember that right now we're offering you my brand new series, which is called The Coming of the Antichrist. Most people talk about the coming of Jesus, and Jesus is coming. But when he comes and the rapture of the church takes place, immediately the Antichrist is going to step onto the world stage. We need to know what the Bible says about it. So that's what I cover in this 10-part series, which comes in multiple formats. The back of the series says, who is the Antichrist? What are his characteristics? When will he be revealed to the world? What is stopping him from being revealed right now? This is really powerful teaching, and it will show you the power of the church. And it comes with a great study guide. And right now we're also offering you my brand new book. Oh, please, please, please order this book. It's called Last Day's Survival Guide, a scriptural handbook to prepare you for these perilous times. And the foreword is written by Perry Stone, whom I consider to be a fabulous teacher on the subject of prophecy and the last days. This book is so good. My friend, God loves us so much that he has clearly told us everything that's going to happen in society at the end of the age. He didn't tell us those things to scare us, but to prepare us so we could survive those times and even thrive in those times. And that's why on the cover of the book, we have a Bible and boots. We've got to get our Bible and get ready to stomp through these times in victory. And this book will help you have the victory regardless of all the wacky things that seem to be happening all around you. And by the way, if you really understand the Bible, it's going to get a lot wackier the closer we get to the end of the age. So we need to know how to survive and how to thrive. And that's why I want you to have Last Day's Survival Guide. But today... I want you to reach for your Bible, and we're going to pick up where we left off in the last program. I've got my Bible. In this program, we always use our Bible. I've also got my notes. But in the last program, I was talking to you about what's going to happen to us physically at the time of the rapture. It is just amazing what's going to happen to us. So let's go back there very quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and read in the King James Version 51 and 52. And then I want to give you the RIV of those verses. But listen to this. The King James Version says, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Then verse 52 says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Which means there really is a generation 
that will never see death. It might be you and me. And the Bible says in a moment, that word moment is the Greek word atomos. It's where you get the word for an atom. It describes an indivisible moment, a split second, an instant. It's where we get the word for an atom. It describes something tiny or something that is microscopic. But here we have an indivisible moment of time, literally a split second. And then Paul elaborates and says, in the twinkling of an eye. That word twinkling is really the Greek word for an eye twitch. If you've ever had a twitch of the eye, you know how fast that happens. In fact, if your eye is twitching and you turn to somebody and say, is my eye twitching? It's too late because the twitch came, the twitch went, a twitch happens like this. So now Paul says, in an atomic moment, in an indivisible moment of time, like the twitching of an eye, at the last trump. You know, that word trump is so very important. It is exactly the same word that Paul uses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 when the Bible tells us that Christ will descend with the last trump. That word trump is the same word that is used here. This word trump, listen to what it means. It depicts not just any trumpet, it is a war trumpet which means when Jesus comes for the church, a trumpet blast will be sounded that will declare war has commenced. It was a war trumpet that boldly announced victory from the outset of the campaign. It meant enemies were going to be vanquished, and prophetically, it depicted that moment when a trumpet was blasted to instigate war and to declare intended triumph and victory even at the outset of the military campaign. So when Jesus comes and that trumpet is sounded, he is declaring war is commencing and he is the one who's going to have the victory. And right after the rapture is when the war begins, seven years in the great tribulation. But wait, this verse goes on to say, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. But wait, the RIV of verse 51 would be this. What I'm about to say will totally flabbergast you, but listen carefully. For I'm going to tell you something that was previously an unknown mystery, but has been revealed to us. Here it is. All will not die, but all the dead and even the living will be altered, changed, miraculously modified and transformed. Verse 52, in a moment, a split second, indivisible atom of time, as fast as the twitch of an eye at the very last trump, that war trumpet will loudly sound to signal that the final battle ultimate triumph and vanquishing of all of God's enemies is about to happen. That blast will be God's way of letting everyone know that his enemies have lost their footing and long-standing battle with him and that he reigns victorious and supreme in total victory. And in that flash, the dead will stand upright on their feet and will be resurrected to brand new resurrected royal status. And at that exact moment, they will miraculously receive new bodies that are incapable of decay and that will never again show the effects of wear, tear, and age, timeless, immortal, indestructible bodies. And we who are alive when all of this happens, we will be supernaturally transformed as our old bodies are exchanged for new ones that are also incapable of decay and that will never again show the effects of wear, tear, and age. Our bodies will literally be 
altered, changed, miraculously modified, and transformed into timeless, immortal, indestructible bodies. That's what's going to happen during the rapture of the church. We are going to be gloriously changed in an atom of time in the twinkling of an eye. But now, let's jump over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1 where Paul also describes the rapture of the church. And when you come to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1, the apostle Paul says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, verse 2, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Why did Paul write these verses? Because even during the first century, people were listening to nonsensical prophecy teachers, teachers that were just teaching nonsense. And it seems in Thessalonica, some people who claimed to be prophecy teachers were saying the rapture had already occurred and that people had been left. And the Thessalonian believers were young in Christ, and they were fearful they had been left and they had missed the rapture. Well, that would upset you too. So now Paul writes to them and tells them to keep their head on straight when it comes to what they're listening to. And listen again to what he says in verse 1. He says, we beseech you. The word beseech here is the Greek word ereteo. It describes somebody really who is pulling rank because of their position. They can make requirements which they believe will be obeyed. And in fact, this word ereteo literally means an earnest request by someone with a preferred position who makes a request with the expectation that it will be heard, honored, and obeyed. So in this verse, when Paul says, I beseech you, it really not, is not just a request. He's telling them to listen, to hear, and I expect you to obey what I'm about to tell you. And then he says, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word coming that is used here is the Greek word parousia. Now, very often the word parousia describes the second coming. There's a difference between the rapture and the second coming of Christ. These are not the same things. The rapture occurs at the end of the age we're living in right now. We are going to meet the Lord in the rapture. But at the end of a seven-year tribulation period, Christ will return, and that is what is called the parousia, or the second coming of Christ. And the book of Jude says that when he comes, he will come with ten thousands of his saints to set up his millennial reign. We will be among the ten thousands of saints that come with him. We're going to be raptured. For seven years, war is going to commence on the earth. God is going to extinguish all of his enemies. And at the end of the seven years, he's going to return to really put things in order. And in fact, this word parousia very importantly means to set things in order. When he comes, he will set things in order. However, it is very important for you to understand the word parousia does not always describe the second coming at the end of the tribulation. Sometimes Paul uses it interchangeably to describe the rapture and also to describe the second coming. And in this verse, he uses it to describe the rapture. We know that because of the next statement. And in the next statement, he says, We beseech you, brethren, by the coming, the parousia of the Lord Jesus Christ, and 
by our gathering together unto him. That is a clear reference to the rapture. And in fact, these words, gathering together, is a specific phrase which describes that future moment when the Lord will quickly gather or collect his people to himself at the end of this age. It's describing the rapture. Now, listen to what Paul then says in verse 2, but first I want to give you the RIV of verse 1. The RIV of 2 Thessalonians verse 1 is this. Brothers, listen carefully. For I'm asking you in the strongest of terms to hear what I'm about to say and do exactly what I'm asking you to do. The appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ is very near. The moment we have all longed and waited for is almost upon us. I'm talking about that moment when Jesus will finally gather us to himself. That is a very good translation of verse 1. But now let's go to verse 2. And in verse 2, the King James Version says, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. And again, they were listening to prophecy teachers who were teaching prophecy inaccurately. You know, even today, you have to be very careful because the internet is loaded with everyone that has an opinion about when Jesus is going to come, when the mark of the beast is going to appear, and a lot of people live in fear because of everything they hear on the internet. My friends, you need to base what you believe on what the Bible says. This is why it is so very important that you be founded in the scripture. People call me all the time these days and say, have you heard? Have you heard what this person said? Did you hear what this person said? Well, I find all of it entertaining, some of it interesting, but my friend, I know what the Bible says. So I'm able to discern what is right and what is wrong. The Bible gives you peace and you're not moved by what everybody else is saying. These believers in Thessalonica had been really moved because of things that were being said by, I'm sure, sincere people who were inaccurately teaching prophecy. And they were literally saying, Jesus already came and you missed the rapture. Well, that would upset you. And now Paul says in verse 2, that ye be not soon shaken. The word soon means quickly, abruptly. The word shaken, the Greek word saleo, listen to what it means. It means to shake, to waver, to totter, to be moved. So Paul says, don't be shaken, don't totter, don't be abruptly moved, quickly moved by what you're hearing from others. But the tense points to events that causes shock or alarm. It refers to an event or repeated events. This is very important. Repeated events so unexpected that it results in shock or distress, worry, and inward anxiety. Outward events that keep occurring over and over repeatedly as if there's no pause between these shocking, debilitating, nerve-wracking happenings. So one scholar has actually translated it as jumpiness or nervousness. And in this word, the Apostle Paul tells us as we get closer and closer to the end of the age, it's going to be as if there's no pause between unbelievable happenings in society and in the world around us. And all of this agrees with Jesus' teachings 
in Matthew chapter 24, verse 8, where Jesus says at the end of the age, the world will be like a woman in birth pains, a woman who has contractions. And of course, the closer she gets to the birth, the contractions get closer and closer and closer and more intense and more intense until finally it's nearly one contraction on top of another contraction. That is exactly what the tense in this verse describes. It describes outward events that keep happening repeatedly over and over, almost no pause between these events, and it causes people to be jumpy or nervous. Maybe you've recently felt like that. But wait, it goes on to say, not be shaken in mind. The word mind is the word noose. It describes the mind, the intellect, or the emotions, where Paul says, get a grip on your brain. Think. Use your head. You cannot be abruptly moved by everything you hear because a lot of things are going to be happening. So you've got to get a grip on your mind and decide you're not going to be traumatized by all these events or by what you're hearing. Then he says, neither be troubled. The word troubled here, the Greek word thoreo, also describes an inward distress or a fright because of non-stop events. Throeo. He says, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. When he says neither by spirit, by spirit in Greek was dia pneumatos. It literally means not by any weird spiritual prophetic proclamation. That's really what it means. It comes from the word pneuma, which means spirit, neither by spirit. However, in this verse, it describes a spiritual experience or a spiritual utterance that is out of sync with the revealed teaching of the Word of God. Some have actually translated ecstatic utterances, but here it refers to strange utterances or weird revelations or euph euphoric revelations, proclamations that have no root in sound doctrine and that produce the negative effect of upsetting the church and even you. So Paul says, keep your head on straight. Don't believe every prophecy teaching you hear. You need to keep your head on straight, get a grip on your mind and on your emotions. You have to decide you're not going to be easily shaken by everything that you hear. He says, neither by spirit. Then he adds, nor by word. Nor by word refers to what I hear all the time today. People who are saying, did you hear? It really is the word for a rumor, neither by rumors. Did you hear this conspiracy theory? Hey, did you hear the new conspiracy? You know, if you listen to all the conspiracies that are on the internet, it will leave you upset all the time. And Paul says, close your ear to that nonsense. It doesn't bring you peace. If it brings you trouble, you don't need to listen to it. Don't be moved by it. He says, neither by letter. By letter in Greek literally means by an epistle. It refers to something that is written today in our world. The application could be an article, something you read in the internet, something you read in a book, anything that is published. Paul literally says don't believe everything you hear and don't believe everything you read. Keep your head on straight. And Paul even knew that there were fraudulent people out there who had wrong motives who would try to write their own epistles similar to the epistles that Paul was writing to the church, and he knew some of them would even claim that they were sending epistles written by Paul, or they might write their own epistle and claim to have Paul's endorsement. 
And that's why Paul said these people are frauds. They're fraudulent. They've got wrong motives. They may even claim to have a letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand, saying the rapture has already come and you've missed it. Wow. It would imply that the rapture had already occurred, which meant the Thessalonian believers missed it. That's exactly what this verse is about. That kind of a belief would stir fear. It would stir alarm in the heart of any believer, especially a young believer. These were very young believers. And here is the RIV of 2 Thessalonians verse 1 and verse 2. Listen very carefully. Brothers, listen carefully. For I'm asking you in the strongest of terms to hear what I'm about to say and do exactly what I'm asking you to do. The appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ is very near. The moment we've all longed and waited for is almost upon us. I'm talking about that moment when Jesus will finally gather us together to himself. Now listen to verse 2. Some things will be happening right before his coming that could shake you up quite a bit. I'm referring to events that will be so dramatic they could leave your head spinning. Occurrences of such a serious nature that many people will end up feeling alarmed, panicked, intimidated, and unnerved. Naturally speaking, these events could put your nerves on edge and make you feel apprehensive and insecure. How I wish I could tell you these incidents were going just to be a one-shot deal, but when they finally get rolling, they're going to keep coming and coming one after another. That's why you have to determine not to be shaken or moved by anything you see or hear. You need to get a grip on your mind and refuse yourselves to be traumatized by these events. If you let these things get to you, it won't be too long until you're a nervous wreck. That's why you've got to decide beforehand that you're not going to give in and allow fright to penetrate its way into your mind and emotions until it runs your whole life. And I want to tell you also, not to be too surprised that people start making weird spiritual proclamations and off-the-wall utterances during the time just before the Lord comes. All kinds of strange things are going to happen during those days. It's going to get so bizarre that you might even receive a letter from some person who claims that the day of the Lord has already come, and who knows, they might even attach our name to it, alleging to have our endorsement, or they might even send it as if it were written and sent from us. That is a full interpretation of verse 2. I call it the R.I.V. Renner's Interpretive Version. Now that is just amazing. And my friends, it is really up to date with what we're dealing in life with right now. People are so shaken. And the Apostle Paul tells us to get a grip on ourselves and not be moved by bad teaching. We need to know what the Bible says about what's going to happen just before the rapture of the church. And that's what we're going to see in the next program. Paul continues in verse 3 to describe the events that are going to lead up to the rapture and then lead up to the revelation of the Antichrist. And that's where we're going to pick up tomorrow, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. People often talk about the coming of Jesus, but once Jesus has raptured the church, the Bible says the Antichrist will be revealed to the world. In one split second, the Antichrist will come out of hiding and go public. In the 10-part series, The Coming of the Antichrist, 
Rick Renner delves into this end-time subject like you've never heard it before. Based on 1 Thessalonians, Rick explores verses that can be difficult, making them easy to understand. Since we are living in the end of the ages, we need to know what is coming in the near future. If you are interested in what the Bible says about the future, then this is one series you need to digest. Rick answers, who is the Antichrist? What will he be like when he shows up? When will he be revealed to the world? What is stopping him from being revealed right now? Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $20, you'll be so glad you invested in this powerful series. In addition, you can order Rick Renner's book, Last Day Survival Guide. This spectacular book will awaken you to the times we are living in and will equip you to sail through these times successfully. We are in the last days. You and I need to know how to thrive in this last days environment. This is one book you must have. Right now, you can get Last Day Survival Guide for just $25 wherever books are sold, in stores and online, or by going to renner.org. Don't delay ordering your copy today. And don't miss this powerful teaching series. Call the number on your screen now or go online to order. My name is Joel Renner, coming to you from Moscow, Russia, and I want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners. Your support has allowed us to help special needs children in Russia. Because of you, we are able to help children with disabilities. Because of your gifts, we are able to give them attention and care. We're even able to provide outings for their parents, where they can enjoy their children as a family with no worries or concerns. Your gifts have lifted their burdens. Several times a year, we put on a children's musical that are based on Bible stories, though so these children can learn about God's Word and His great love for them. Parents and grandparents who accompany them fill the church in anticipation for this outreach. When you give to Renner Ministries, you can bring joy to these children and give them the hope of God's Word. Will you consider joining us as a partner today so we can continue helping these beautiful children? Without your support, we simply cannot do this. Please call or go online right now when generous, caring people like you give, we are able to give these children with special needs the care and attention they need so desperately. Please call us or go online to winner.org. Through your donations of any size, we can continue to make a huge difference in these children's lives. Wow, we have covered so much material today, and we're just getting started. Tomorrow, we're going to dive into verse 3 and see what's going to happen just before the coming of Jesus and what has to happen in the world in order for the Antichrist to be revealed. It's going to be great. Please do not miss tomorrow. But hey, I'm offering you my series, which is called The Coming of the Antichrist. It's 10 parts. It comes in multiple formats with a marvelous study guide. Order this. This will be a blessing to you or to your Bible study group or with anybody that you're sharing the Word of God with. Also, be sure to order my brand new book called Last Day's Survival Guide, a scriptural handbook to prepare you for these perilous times. My friends, we really are living in perilous times. And that's why on the cover of the book, we have a Bible and boots. You've got to grab your Bible, get your boots. We're going to stomp through this season like God's troops, and we're going to make it all the way to the end in victory. But this book will really help you. It's brand new, hot off the press, and I want you to get it because I believe this book will make a difference in your life. And please remember that if you need prayer, call us or write us. We're here and we're waiting for you. We really want to pray for you. But let me pray for you right now.
Father, we thank you that today we have been able to gather around the Bible. Lord, you have been with us today. We thank you for opening the scriptures to us. Lord, you say in one, Psalm 119, open mine eyes that I may behold wonderful treasures in the word of God. And today, Lord, you have opened the scriptures to us. You've shown us such wonderful treasures, and we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. God's word has all the power that you need for today. So embrace it, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining Rick Renner today. For more information about Rick Renner Ministries and product resources, visit renner.org and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.